Musicals is produced by Polyphonic Theatre Ensemble. Our hosts are Megan Tripaldi, Kyle Aarons, and Chantal King. Our production manager is Holly Pryor. This podcast was recorded on Wabanaki land. Hello and welcome to I Hate Musicals, the podcast. I'm Megan and I'm a hater. I'm Kyle and I'm a historian. I'm Chantal and I'm your hobbledy-hoy. And yes, you can look that up on Google to find out what it is. Oh, I love it so much. That's delightful. (laughs) Every time. It's going to (laughs) change. I look forward to future fan art of this. Uh, So for today, episode two, we are going to be discussing... All right. So (laughs) Avenue Q is an interesting show. It consists of three human characters and 11 puppet characters. uh, And it's in it was described as Sesame Street meets Rent (laughs) for all that's worth. Uh, We follow the life of Princeton, a recent college graduate uh, who is looking for an apartment in New York. Um, He finds an affordable apartment on Avenue Q in a house that is owned by Gary Coleman. Yes, that Gary Coleman. Uh, He finds his new neighbors are a monster named Kate Monster, an anal retentive Republican banker named Rod, and his roommate, Nikki, who is a bit of a slacker. We have a human named Brian, who is an aspiring comedian, recently laid off from his job. His wife, uh, Christmas Eve, who is a Japanese immigrant and a therapist. We also have a uh, Trekkie monster who lives upstairs and surfs the internet all day watching porn. And Gary Coleman also lives in the building. As we're meeting the lives of these people, uh, Rod and Nikki uh, t- discuss things such as Rod's potential homosexuality and how Nikki would be cool with it. Princeton talks about trying to find his purpose in life and talks to Kate about her dream of starting a monster school. A uh, school just for monster, or as she calls it, people of fur. Um, Princeton asks if she and Trekkie are related, which sparks a conversation about racism. Uh, Princeton receives some money from his parents and meets two adorable little troublemakers called the Bad Idea Bears. Uh, Kate is working as a kindergarten teacher with a character named Mrs. Thistletwat. Uh, Princeton develops a bit of a crush on Kate and makes her a mixtape. They go out on a date for Long Island Iced Tea to see a performer called Lucy the Slut. Princeton and Kate hook up, and it starts out pretty well. Um... And over that evening, you see kind of the fantasies of a lot of different of the characters. Uh, Christmas Eve and Brian eventually get married. And at the wedding, Princeton kind of confronts his fear of commitment and breaks up with Kate. Act two, we jump to Princeton being an unemployed slacker. Uh, Kate, who is angry, uh, talking to Christmas Eve. And Christmas Eve gives her some pretty decent advice. Um, the characters kind of discuss life and how it could have been different, how they dreamt about it in college. Um, Princeton had given Kate a penny, which she throws off the roof of the Empire State Building, which in turn somehow injures Lucy the Slut. Um, Nikki has been homeless and is panhandling, trying to get some money, which sparks Princeton to raise money to build Kate's monster school. Um, they come back, talk to Trekkie Monster, and he donates a shit ton of money because he invested in pornography. 
at the end of the show, everyone gets kind of what they want. Kate and Princeton agree to go back to the relationship, and everyone discusses the passing of life and how all of your problems are only for now. Uh, Avenue Q opened in 2003 at the Vineyard Theater. Uh, it is written by Robert Lopez and Jeff Marks with a book by Jeff Whitty. Uh, it was it won the 2004 Tony Award for Best Musical. It played on Broadway at the John Golden Theater uh, up until 2009. It played for over 2,500 performances before moving back off Broadway to the New World stage where it played until 2019. There have been adaptations across the globe, including Germany, Hong Kong, and England. They had a prominent production, Las Vegas. And for some reason that no one has been able to determine why it was a good reason, they have made a school-friendly script that has been produced by high schools. And that is your quick and dirty facts on Avenue Q. Good God, why would they make this for school? Uh, it was so good till the end. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good until that last bit. That makes me so upset. Oh, uh, we'll get oh, there. Right. Yeah. Alrighty. So, do we want to jump into like the music merit of it? You know, some like standout songs and things like that. Sounds great. Hell sure. Yeah. What you got for us, Chantel? Well, okay. So, a lot of people, like you said, compared it to like rent and things like that so we kind of start off with the the theme avenue q which is kind of like the opening theme song which really mocks sesame street <laughs> um and it just basically talks about how being an adult sucks because you got bills to pay you got a bunch of dramas that you're dealing with and that kind of just sets the tone for everything and it's really cool because yes the music is simple because the lyrics are so um kind of like abrasive and in your face about everything it kind of sets the precedent of this musical and how it's going to approach its stuff um we go into it sucks to be me it sucks to be me no. it sucks to be me no. it sucks to be broke and unemployed and turning 33 it sucks to be me and i think it's a bop <laughs> <laughs> I actually really like this musical a lot. I do. There's a right way to do it. Um, and it's just about talking about how the characters, you know, just hate being themselves and really just talking about how it sucks being an adult and really just a big transition from, ooh, college. Now I'm like in my mid-20s and I don't know what to do with myself and kind of like that whole thing. Um, and then we have the standout if you were gay, which is like the most, like if you were gay and everyone's a little bit racist are like the most popular songs in the show. I would add the internet is for porn in there for popularity. That yeah. I yeah, would cause... also add Fine Fine Line and Schadenfreude. Right. Oh, that's this, my favorite. This show is just, song. I forgot about Fine Fine Line. Right? <laughs> this song is just, this show is just full of great music. And I think that's part yes, of I what agree. sets it apart. Yeah, and it's also really fun for not only like, great like really fun group numbers to sing with your friends. Mm -hmm. Like like theater kids who have gone to college for this all just rage when everyone's yeah. a little bit racist comes on. Oh, they foam um, of the mouth. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with that. But and it's, it's also, also... A... Mm -hmm. oh no, go ahead. No, no, go for it, please do. Oh, I was gonna say, <laughs> uh, as as a mezzo, um, I find that there's a lot more. Uh, belting opportunities for my range so you don't have to carry butler screechy belt at uh yeah i said it uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Listen>. <laughs> i'm sorry i have i have feelings about 
a lot of things, but we'll get there eventually in this podcast. Um, but anyway, it feels it, this, this musical has always felt really good to me because for the music specifically, because mm-hmm. it is, it is comfortable to belt and you get to expand when you do it and you can hold it and sustain and it feels it feels real good going out (laughs) (laughs) no Um, agree this show really said alto and mezzo rights and i appreciate that (laughs) yes it really what i think is really great about the music in this show as far as musical theater is it really does what musicals were intended to do every Mm -hmm. single song contributes to the plot it contributes to the theming of the show and it has something important to say um Mm -hmm. talking about it sucks to me me we're meeting all the characters and it honestly is a really great way to introduce every single important character of the show that you're going to meet you get a real quick um uh, tidbit of who they are and what they're going through Mm-hmm. Um, this show has everything. We've got per, uh, Princeton's song Purpose, which is your classical I want song. Yes. yes. Uh, oh my please, God. take it away, Chantel. Oh my God. I Okay, for me, I feel like this is such an underrated song because it's what the message of the show kind of is, you know? And even in a lyrical standpoint, it really hits it home where he's like, I don't, I don't know what to do with myself. And the music perfectly conveys that. Like, yes, it's simple, but it's so simple that it's so effective. But I'm gonna find my purpose. Gotta find out. Don't wanna wait. Got to make sure that my life will be great. Gotta find my purpose before it's too late. Um, my favorite thing about it is it really kind of expands on the pressures of U.S. society that your life stops, quote unquote, at your mid-20s. You have to do everything there. But that's not true at all. And it really shows that through the lyrics and bamps it with the music as well. And I love that so much. I was absolutely obsessed with this musical in college. Like, got the book, got the soundtrack, was just jamming on it every day to an obnoxious point uh, for my <laughs> college roommate um but then as soon as I was out of school and I would listen to the song what do you do with a BA in English but I would replace (laughs) the word English with theater because I didn't know what to do with my Mm -hmm. theater degree and it didn't it it resonates so deeply yes it is this music we got to come out and say this music is satire or the musical it is itself is satire 100 percent yeah and it does it very well Please understand that this is satire, yeah. <laughs> um, but but it also hits home for mm-hmm. people that are not only people in their twenties or in their earlier mid twenties, but like like Brian and Christmas Eve are are a little bit older, and you know, mm-hmm. I can't I, I can't relate to a disgraced or a now unknown child star, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't think Gary Coleman was disgraced, but he just kind of yeah. fell off the map. Um, True. A little crazy. His parents but... took all his money or something like that. Yeah. I Kyle, can pull it up real quick. Yeah. I can pull it up real quick. While you were pulling that up, I'll just finish my thought, which is that like we, it's this, the music in this provides a way for us to touch upon really important things yes. in a lighthearted way. Yeah while also belting your face off. Which is always fun to do. (laughs) Exactly. So with Gary Coleman, it's very interesting, and I think it's very um, 
disappointed that that is who they picked on here um, because the show deals with normal folks who have normal everyday problems. Like if you were to look at it objectively, it's just a typical slice of life show. It um, is. And there are yeah, people absolutely. like Gary Coleman everywhere. He was a child star when he was a little kid. He was famous. Um, and they, they joke about it and call it right out in the show. His parents <laughs> took look at money when he was a kid and instead of saving it i they kind of spent it away um so he had to he had to keep working well past when he wanted to um i believe when he sued his parents in 1989 um for misappropriating of his trust funds he was only able to win 1.28 million dollars in that judgment um the judgment actually didn't come out until 1993 (laughs) um it it led him to a lot of problems it led him to a problem with drugs um he had tried to commit suicide by overdosing on pills um he had to do a lot of random gigs uh there is a video game which i love and will defend till my dying day called the curse of monkey island oh Um, great great game sorry he voiced kenny falmouth which i he that was gary coleman i love it how did you drink all the lemonade? You switched mugs on me, you cheat. I hope you're happy. You put a budding young entrepreneur out of business. Um, okay, my mind's blown. I can't Thank speak you. to this, but your enthusiasm <laughs> is making me happy. Continue. <laughs> and just, but it, it didn't really help him. He kept working and it just made him go more into drugs. He had Mm -hmm. uh, marriage troubles and continued to have money troubles, which I think, going back to Avenue Q, they put him in here because, yeah, this exists in New York City. This isn't a a once in a once in a blue moon type of scenario. Lots of adult, lots of child stars grow up and have problems as adults because they didn't get the chance to grow up they didn't get a chance to have that childhood so we see gary coleman here while it's very funny and it's a shock value at first but you hear him talking about money and it's it's something we all can relate to and in a way i feel it brings the celebrity closer to your everyday man because yeah they people you see famous people that you know of maybe they're not rolling in millions because you know they have bills too they have taxes things are going on now of course that's not everybody but Hmm. there there is a great quote that you have more in common with a homeless person than you do with a millionaire and i think that's Hmm. important to think of with a lot of celebrities as well if they don't manage their money right they could be owning a building on the outer outer boroughs of new york city on avenue q that's true which is why the bringing it back to the music the happiest we see gary coleman in is when he is singing the song schadenfreude <laughs> yes 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 which also slaps it's schadenfreude making me feel glad that i'm not you oh my slap god so hard and i feel that uh, for 2020 so hard honestly I'm honestly looking at the song list right now and there isn't really anything that doesn't slap as you say thank you for my youth language 
what I think one of my favorite songs of the show that I'm often isn't as talked about is For Now. Because oh. it's the show is so funny and so raucous and so outlandish. And then you get to the finale. And it's just this simple little tune. Everything in life is only for now. And that's yeah. the point of the show. You're watching yeah. all of these slice of, slice of life struggles of these yeah. normal, everyday New York City citizens. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's only for now. But only for now. For now. Only for now. For now. Only for now. For now. Only for now. It's only temporary. I cannot lie. I might be a little hormonal, but I did just tear up at that statement, Kyle. Thank you. That was really um, powerful. Especially, <laughs> especially now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> um, actually, written in the book itself, when you get to the, this is only for now, this, the original lyric was, I believe, George Bush yes, at the time was. it was written. Oh, yes. Um, they they have, where in the score God. where that's written, it asks you to put in your own, what's appropriate. So when the clo- show closed, it was Donald Trump. Um, I happened to be in the production here in Portland, and we said LePage is <laughs> only for now, because he was our governor at the time. <laughs> that's good. And we actually got a very nasty Facebook post about it by someone oh. who came and saw the show. And they were not pleased that we brought that in. So the director had to write specifically to them and say, it's in the score to put in local legislature or a local issue. You cannot say Governor LePage is not a controversial person in this state right now. It fits exactly what the show asked for, which diffused it. And to the guy's defense, he was like, didn't know that. All right, backing off. Yeah, I mean... Cool that he backed off, but like, you're going to see Avenue Q, not my like... fair lady. <laughs> True. Oh man. Prepare also, to be offended it... a little bit. Speaking of a, like being offended, can we talk about everyone's a little bit racist? Can oh, we talk let's... about that? Can we let's do talk about it. Everyone's a little bit racist sometimes. Doesn't mean we go around committing hate crimes. Look around and you will find No one's really colorblind Maybe it's a fact we all should face Everyone makes judgments Based on race I... Cool. The reason why I love everyone's a little bit racist so, so, so much is because if you're gonna do racial comedy, that's the way you do it. You poke fun at every little thing, but it's not, um, what did, I wrote something down. It was, um, it's it's a song that's like explaining racism, but it's not an excuse to be racist. It's saying like, hey, this is what it is. Look at how ridiculous we all are, but this doesn't give you the right to be racist towards people. And I just stand that so hard. I love it a lot. Also, I did maybe listen to this in way too early, but it's okay. I have a found appreciation of it now in my 20s, and now I want to go back in time and slap little me, but it's all right. <laughs> so there's, it's very interesting to talk about that song now in 2020. Um, yeah. In early June, late May, um, a gentleman named Chris Giordano um, and a Facebook page he was uh, running called Artists for Anti-Racist Accountability 
posted a nasty gram about Avenue Q and specifically this song. For some reason, he thought it was a good choice to call out Anne Harada, um, who had the clapback of all clapbacks. I won't read the whole thing because she wrote a letter. Um, But first of all, she mentioned... Give us those highlights. um, Anne Harada was the original Christmas Eve in the original production, and she Ah, worked with the production team to help build the character and help. She she worked kind of as a racial advisor on the show to make sure, because she is of Asian-American descent. So when something didn't jive with her, she said, oh, hey, not okay, let's fix it. Um, So she talks about it and she said, how dare any of you imply I tolerate or encourage systemic racism because I agreed with the song title, Everyone's a Little Bit Racist. What I was speaking to and what I believe the song is about is that we all have unconscious bias due to our various upbringings. I don't think that this is a particularly controversial opinion. The song escalates as it goes along, showing how ridiculous certain stereotypes are. As for the character of Christmas Eve, of course I see how she is a racial stereotype because of her accent. I believe that is the point. I have also maintained mm-hmm. that her accent does not indicate that she is ignorant or that it even makes her the butt of joke. Of the joke. People have accents in real life and it does not make them less than. Christmas Eve is in fact the most educated character in Avenue Q because she has two master's degrees in psychology. Yeah. Um, she goes on to talk about um, how during the process, uh, she's proud of Avenue Q and of our process developing the show. She did speak up about things in the script and score that bothered her, and she was happy to say the creative team listened to her about them and made corrections. Um, she's very proud of the show. They accomplished together. Uh, this is the part that I think rings the most true. Shows and humors are products of their time, and maybe back in 2003, people were more open to irony and satire. I realized mm-hmm. some of the content that seemed fine then may not play so now. I have been told that the creatives are open to changes, and there are plans to adapt it. I trust them to do what's right because I know them. Damn. See, that's Queen. I That's what it's about. It's like you said it's a satire and i feel like people don't really you know get that like yes there's a difference between greece and avenue q to call back to episode one you know where we look at these shows and you look at greece and you're like that is not okay because they're doing this in all seriousness with avenue q it's taken with a grain of salt it's comedy it's satire you know and it's like yes that's important because it sheds light on these issues through a funny lens which makes it easy for us to digest you know i don't know that's just me oh no no you are correct (laughs) that's that's the problem is that uh the character of christmas eve has this very thick japanese uh accent but what people aren't taking into account is that not only does she have these two master's degrees, she also learned a second language. And I am struggling with Duolingo myself. So um, the other thing that that, uh, people forget is that English is a really difficult language to learn. Yes, So when people are like, speak English, it's like, cool. Are you going to pay for the thousand hours of tutoring that it takes to learn this ridiculous ridiculous bastard of a language because mm-hmm. it makes no sense in any other context that's why people who are born english struggle to speak other languages because they they can't they like mm-hmm. it's 
it's it's hard to we have so many words that are pointless <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean there's no there's I, no way yeah. to articulate them in, for sure in other languages <sighs> no and i relate other... to that because oh sorry go for it kyle nope i was gonna change topics so go ahead Chantel. Oh, no, I was just going to just say as the last thing to wrap this topic that I really relate to. My mother is Asian. She immigrated from the Philippines to America when she was 18 and she taught herself English and she still has her. Yeah, she still has her like, quote unquote, thick accent. But like, it's insane that she did it herself and like taught herself this language. So when I see like characters portrayed like Christmas Eve and I get the satire of her, I'm like, yeah. That's also like totally my mom, low key, not gonna lie. I relate to this heavily, you know? And so I, it just, it just like frustrates me when people either one, take it too seriously or two are racist towards people who are learning a crazy different language when yeah. it's so, so hard. Yeah. I really, to change gears a little bit, I also mm-hmm. really like the character of Rod and his progression as a gay man throughout the show. Yes. Mm. Because it is set yes. up, I mean, they, they are Bert and Ernie. Nikki and Rod are Bert and Ernie. Like, just 100%. To get that, that out of the way. Absolutely. <laughs> but what's really cool is it starts with the discussion of them with Nikki singing the song, If You Were Gay. And every lyric is basically, if you were gay, that'd be okay. If you were gay, I'd shout hooray. It's setting up from the beginning of the show that being a queer person is completely acceptable. And Mm -hmm. you you are watching this queer character discover and grow into themselves in a culture that is supportive of him. Like, and he he doesn't even see it. And that's, I think, the most real part. Because, I mean, at the end of Act 1, he gets called out on it. And he sings this ridiculous call song oh, called My Girlfriend right. Who Lives, Girlfriend in, Canada. lives in Canada. So funny as well. By and the way. It, what I love, and I mean, it's part musical genius, is the last line is, and I can't wait to eat her pussy again. And he does a motion like you're expecting a button, but there's no music. It just heightens the awkwardness <laughs> of it. And it's just, it is so good. It is just oh, so good man. and it's so real and every single person that i think has lived in the closet at some point in time has told those ridiculous lies and i mean i know i did gosh i know i'm gay oh i'm bi i like women and i still told lies <laughs> i i ended up having to scream come out at the dinner table because <laughs> because i i wouldn't admit why i was in a bad mood I didn't want to admit that I liked girls. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I started like, oh yes. No, I I also came out in my sleep at summer camp. Like sleep talk? Yeah, I talked in my sleep, uh, confessed to a girl I had a crush on, and then got bullied. (laughs) Oh no! No! (laughs) But this isn't... No, but the point is... The, I think the point that we're trying to make through our own personal anecdotes is that <laughs> the fight within, like, the, like obviously there are, there are forces of oppression that think that LGBTQIA plus people are trash and shouldn't exist. False. Um, uh-huh. But uh, a lot of that battle also comes from within and internal, yes. internalized homophobia, transphobia. Um, Absolutely. 
it's yeah. So to see to see someone actively struggling and openly struggling with that internal battle is also a nice way of feeling seen. Exactly. And at mm-hmm. the time period that it came out, gay marriage wasn't legalized yet, and everyone no. was in you know a heckin' hissy fit about it. Yeah. And I remember listening Thanks to the song and like. Thanks, Obama. I remember listening to this song in uh, in middle school and being like, huh, that's cool. Gay people are awesome. I'm not gay, but that's... I, I see you. Fast forward to me, now a raging lesbian. So I think it did its job pretty good. So. Yeah, I think we're all... I think we all, based on what we've been saying, discovered this in an age where we were, like, needing it. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Does it feel correct for everyone because it feels oh, correct for me. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. talking to someone who pretended that their uh, middle school boyfriend was Nick from New Girl, but nobody but like tried to play it off as like, no, it's not Nick from New Girl, but it was Nick from New Girl. You know, it's I okay. Mean, it's all right. <laughs> we can unpack that later, but it's all right. <laughs> there are worse. We're gonna talk about to that off my. <laughs> off my. <laughs> I wish you could meet my girlfriend, but you can't because she is in Canada. I love her, I miss her, I can't wait to kiss her, so soon I'll be off to Alberta. I mean Vancouver. Shit, her name is Alberta. She lives in Vancouver. She's my girlfriend. Let's talk about Lucy the Slut uh, to make a sharp transition. Um, Since we're we're talking about sexuality, let's talk about overt sexuality. Um... And slut shaming. Oh, that's hard. Mm-hmm. Because, <laughs> well, Ooh, that's... the thing I love about her is that she completely owns it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She completely, and Special is one of my favorite songs in the whole show, because mm-hmm. it's just so, the The thing is that she, she is completely in charge of her own body, her own mind, but, but, she is presented as the villain. Yeah. Ish. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, you know, and her dialogue is super catty and bitchy, too. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, rivaling the like whole girl next door thing versus like the overtly like hot chick. So, like, I see that. I get it. You know, right. That trope. Yeah. I, I, I don't I don't think that much holds up. But I feel like if if we, if if I wanted to see a production of this done today, I would want to see her. Le- I, I I wonder if there's a way to do it less, like, quote-unquote catty, which is coded language. I mean, I feel well, like I mean, if it's... you have an actress up enough to the task to make her, you know, not such a bombastic character, but more humanize her a bit, I think. Because I feel like a lot of people who play Lucy just go for the stereotype and the shtick, but not the actual, like, under layer of, like, this person has, like, feelings type thing. But, you know. I... Over the weekend, recently binged the Hulu show Harlots, and I have a complete new appreciation for sex work, and just how, how, how at least the the women in the show owned it, and yeah. why it's like my power was taken away from me when I was too young, but now I'm taking that power back. Give me your mm-hmm. money. <laughs> <laughs> and it's that's that's, a, that's an oversimplification, but it it's mm-hmm. I I feel like you're absolutely right, Chantal. If there's a way to get the person playing Lucy to 
I think the bombast and 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 amp up the confidence. Yes, and play that side more. Yeah, I think it's also interesting to look at from the original show because the original show it is listed and written for Lucy and Kate to be the same actress. So they are foils to each right, other. You're right. seeing that opposition in one person, which I totally, is yeah. a whole oh interesting God. thing to go off on. But I think in the world of theater as it is now, especially smaller communities where theater, where you want to bring a big show like this in, it's yeah. important to split roles like that up. Yeah. And by doing so, there's also the problem with her Her at the end, her good news is, I found Jesus, and now I'm better. No. I f- <laughs> the Lord. Uh, he always comes back somehow. I mean, okay. it's satire, so it's funny. And I'm all for satirizing it's religion. It's true. But when we've slut-shamed her the whole show. And, like, I don't... What I like about her character name is I feel like she picked that name. She picked Lucy the Slut, and she's wearing yeah. it proudly. Because I don't think name. slut is a dirty word. If you want to own that word, it's slut promoting. Go for it. Yeah, heck and own it. I love that. Yeah. I'm going to get that tramp stamped. Thank you. Right? <laughs> yeah, 100%. It's, that's the new quarantine buy. That's going to happen. <laughs> Except don't. Make sure you stay I, no, I will. I will. I won't, I won't do it. <laughs> But no, I completely, I completely agree with that. If like maybe change the Jesus line, I don't know. But, like I also feel like you know up to the actress and the director and the direction of it in that whole thing. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's still because it's all satire at the end I of the day. I opened a sex clinic. That could be a fun thing, also. Oh, Ooh. that's good. Oh, come on now. Oh, come on now. I like right? that. I'm here for I that. See you. What? Oh, that's that's good. That's good. I see you. Thank you. Yeah. That's, why you the the that's why you well, get paid the big bucks. That's why you get paid the big bucks. You know, I watch so much Netflix too. This like between Harlots and Dear White People and Sex Education. I'm Oof, just like, let's so go, sex positivity. Woo! I mean, also just you know, because it's the right thing to do. Um, True. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. So I think we've hit the portion of the show where we talk about whether or not this should continue to be performed. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like it would. One big thing we got to, we got to talk about Kyle. I think you were about to say it. Yeah. There have been um, at least two productions locally in the past six years that have not been great. And I think it bears calling out um i was in one of those productions uh in did avenue q um now they worked very hard to properly cast gary coleman they did not work that hard and ended up casting a white woman to play christmas eve uh it i mean it played funny but looking back on it now knowing that i don't think i would have done the show and knowing the person who played that um i i can safely say she would have turned down the role had it been today which i think shows how much as a society we've grown in the past six years and how much we've kind of woken up to oh maybe that was racist let's not do that 
we we should also talk about the performance at our our local university. Uh, yeah. The the musical theater students are required to do um, a musical in uh, in their music hall every year, and the I can't remember what year it was they did Avenue Q, um, but they they cast a white woman as Christmas Eve, and she did not want to do it openly. They also cast a white woman as Gary Coleman. I'm sorry, I did not know that. Are you? I I was not. They were threatened to not get their degree. They were threatened with non-graduation yeah. if they did not do this. So uh, every every year, the musical theater students are supposed to do a musical. Um, they decided to do Avenue Q. Um, they cast a white woman as Christmas Eve. And they cast a white woman as uh, Gary Coleman. Neither of them were comfortable in these roles. However, decided that uh, they could not graduate unless they did them. That's like the equivalent of being a, a, uh, a white woman, Karen, invited to a block party and you bring a potato salad, but you put raisins in the salad. <laughs> it's like, you, you shouldn't, ooh! Is that a thing people do? Yes, raisin white potato salad. Freaking Karens, and no one wants them. And I'm like, why are you even at this block party? No one invited you, Susan. Go home. (sighs) God, it makes me. Oh hell no, Karen. Keep your brand ass potatoes. (laughs) But no, it's true. It makes me. It makes me so upset when 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 uh, when these theater companies that are all white staffed feel like it's their right to like oh it's our show we can do whatever we want no 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 you have to also keep the integrity and cast it the way it's supposed to be cast without threatening the people that you're trying to quote unquote educate i'm a fight i'm sorry i'm no no don't apologize that's absolutely true because i mean it runs even deeper than that this whole thing is that um the costume the 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 student who was in charge of costumes was forced to put um, this woman playing Christmas Eve into a kimono and uh, it was a Japanese kimono. The director didn't like it and then forced the costume designer to put her in a Chinese kimono, which is a completely, <gasps> that is completely erasing the fact that Asian identity is, is like, it, it, it's, it's, it's a bunch of different things. It's not just you're Asian. That's it. No, it's, uh, ha. I'm just gonna say, just because you're white doesn't mean you can do it. I just no, you no. can't. You you can't do that. Like no. that's my one caveat with the show is if you're gonna do it, do it correctly. And if you can't do it correctly, do not do it at all, or else Agreed. I will break into your home and drop kick your vases full of flowers. I'll just wreck your whole furniture. I just <laughs> just, just don't do raisins it. In everyone's food. I will put raisins everywhere in your house, under your couch, <laughs> under your bed, in your shower. <laughs> you hear it first, folks. Oh my I'm You heard so, it here first, folks. So Chantal is the raisin vigilante. I, that doesn't sound great. Batman not, has nothing mind. on me is all I can say. My God. Oh. Uh, so all that aside, do we think it's still something that should be done? Yes, if I you're think... not going to be a Karen about it. <laughs> 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 Sorry, like... 
<laughs> no, get mad. This is wonderful. I'm usually it's... like kind of calm, but I'm upsetty spaghetti right now. Hey, like... we got the we got the little e for explicit on this. Like it's fucking true. I... Like you, if you are going to do this show, you need to be aware of a the time you're doing it, which is yes. now, and b the fucking race of the fucking characters. Do not, under any circumstances, cast a white person as Gary Coleman or Christmas Eve. Do not. Christmas uh, Eve is Japanese. Gary yes. Coleman is black. Period. Uh, Fuck. Yes. <laughs> There was a complaint also, that there weren't enough fucks in the last episode, so I had to, you know. Yeah. That's true. Also, <laughs> if you're a high school, don't yes. do this show. There is a high school it's version of this show, and it's Which I terrible. I don't understand. I don't, so I don't they have. It. They have removed the majority of the profanity and sexual themes, which you can't do with this show because the entire plot revolves around porn. It has removed two songs, My Girlfriend Who Lives in Canada, and You Can Be Loud as the Hell You Want When You're Making Love. The internet roofs for porn is replaced with My Social Life Online and Trekkie's obsession with pornography, again, a crucial turning point in the show, is replaced by an obsession with social networking. So what is he just become the next Mark Zuckerberg and that's how that twist pretty happens? much pretty much <laughs> I do have to say I do enjoy they did change the character of Mrs. Thistletwat to Mrs. Butts <laughs> and I can't say it without giggling listen it's that's that's Mrs. passable Butts? that's good. I'm here for that one I will I'm accept that. that one my that god and right, Lucy yeah. the slut is just Lucy but yeah, if you're a high school, please don't do this. Because I was in uh, a theater company that I knew did this with some like high school, college kids mixed. But at the same time, I was like, ah, guys, I don't think we should be doing this. And fun fact, it was, I don't think, I think they like, they, it was a whole like Grease situation again, where it was the hybrid of the student version with the real version. And it was like, just don't do it. Just stick to fucking high school musical. I don't understand. What is, what is going on in your part of Colorado? Uh, <laughs> a lot of things. <laughs> a lot of things. I don't know how we got away with them. Uh, no, yeah, I remember the... the Holly, I don't know if we're going to keep this in, but I'll let you know later on. Okay, just um, let me know. Uh, the director uh, emailed me and was like, ah, man, I wish you were in hecking Colorado because finding a Gary Coleman is hard. And I was like... Ah. Oh, so then you're their token. How fun for you. Uh, but listen, I do want to play Gary Coleman, but like, I want to be the one who, I just want, I want the say in it. I don't want yeah, someone. Yeah, you're the one who's going to show up for that audition. Yeah, I want to show up and I want to be like, it. listen, bitch, I'm Gary Coleman, not because the white man told me to be Gary Coleman. You know? Amen. Yes. 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 <laughs> Actually, Holly, keep it. <laughs> okay. I kept it in. Fuck yeah. I'm so, heated. So go for it kyle so should the show be done absolutely yes. i think it's important i, I think agree. it's a very important yes. satirical work and if you can do it properly and mm. understand how satire works it's going to be a very successful show yeah. if you can't what shows do we think are good replacements There is nothing like Avenue Q. I'm going to be honest I, with you. Yeah. There I mean, isn't. if we're talking about puppets, I mean, Warhorse? <laughs> <laughs> Any Gear and Gimbal show? Like, you got to go to London for that. 
but like yeah the the only there there aren't there aren't shows like this that's that's kind of why it was created in the first place so I will throw, if you're looking for a show in this vein, something that's got the risque, something that's got some comedy, but something that really does hit home and has feelings, maybe leaning into the more drama side, Cabaret. I knew you were going to say Cabaret. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was going to throw out a meme one, but that works too. That's yeah, good. It's, it's got the raunchiness. It's got the strong music and the music that pours into the story and gives the whole story. Um, it's got some levity to it. It's got some romance to it. It is, if you want to talk about the MC in Cabaret, in Avenue Q, you have all these little vignettes of, like, Sesame Street little one-night stand. <laughs> little clips like that. The MC provides stuff like that throughout the show. So that that would be my substitute. If you can't, if you can't properly do Avenue Q re-replete if you cannot cast a black person as gary coleman or a japanese person as christmas eve i recommend cabaret and if a high school is thinking about doing avenue q fuck you you have been assigned xanadu Don't. um <laughs> <you get> xanadu. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man i don't so fuck off uh. Your school's gonna do Xanadu now. It's it has <laughs> You did that to yourself. So there oh, you go. Oh, man. That's my choice. Oh my god. You want romance? Xanadu. You got the little short guy in Carrie Butler's character. Just whatever. Do oh it. my god. My god. Oh man. Chantal. I'm I I I'm 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 broken. So <laughs> So uh, a question for the future here: Is Xanadu going to be the punishment musical for everything? Um, here's the thing: Xanadu's my guilty pleasure, but um, yeah, yeah, it is. It's you, if you Who can't love do something, skating? you're gonna either get Starlight Express is when you know you're in the jailhouse. But for now, you you got Xanadu. So all right, you've been Xanadu. You can't cast this correctly. You've been Xanadu. Take Xanadu. <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. Shut the fuck up and just take it. Roller skate it. I don't know. Oh, man. <laughs> On that note, I would love to know what we are going to cover on the next episode. Holy Producer shit. Holly, help us out. Hello. My name is Elder Price, and <gasps> I would like to oh, share no! with you the most oh. Oh. All right. Wow. Hello. Wow. My name we is are, oh, We are. We got White Saviorism, the musical. <laughs> <laughs> yes. for, for those of you so unfamiliar, awesome that is Book of Mormon. Wow. This book can change your life. All right. <laughs> I. White Saviorism. You thought we talked about race this week? Get ready. I'm gonna have a a TED talk about it. I'm gonna have to do a lot of digging into the history of that one. Well, folks, thank you for joining us for an even more intense week of I Hate Musicals. I am Megan the Hater. I am Kyle the Historian. I'm Chantal, and I recently turned 21. (laughs) Thank you. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye, everybody.